NPR. That's Indicators of the Week from The Indicator. I'm Darren Woods. I'm Adrian Ma. And we're joined by a special guest this week, Jeff Guo from Planet Money. It's so great to be back. What do you got on tap for us? I am going to tell you about maybe the smartest financial decision Taylor Swift ever made. Oh, besides putting out like dozens of uh, platinum albums? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not quite as smart as that, but pretty smart. Ooh, okay. All right. I'm going to talk about the big Fox News trial this week that actually didn't happen. And I'm going to talk about whether the U.S. dollar is going to keep reigning supreme. That's all after the break. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Indicators of the week time. Darian Woods, start us off here. My indicator is half, as in roughly half of all international trade is done in U.S. dollars. And it's not even necessarily that you have Americans involved in this. Like, you might have a cacao farm in Colombia exporting cacao beans to Belgium. And even though the U.S. might not be involved in that trade, the invoice could be paid in U.S. dollars. Then there's the central banks. They also have 60% of their currency holdings across the globe in dollars. It's a super safe currency. So the U.S. dollar is basically like the oil in the engine of, of global trade. And this is referred to sometimes as exorbitant privilege. That sounds like very on brand for America. Yeah, but it basically <laughs> means that the U.S. can borrow more cheaply and it has more leverage when it does things like put in place financial sanctions like it did with Russia. There are some downsides too, like a strong currency hurts U.S. exporters So the big question that seems to be arising recently is, could the U.S. dollar be knocked off its perch? Last week, when Brazilian President Lula was in China, he said, quote, Every night I ask myself, why should every country have to be tied to the U.S. dollar for trade? I feel like it's like common for people to complain about the dollar and the dollar's dominance in the global economy, right? I mean, China would like to use its currency more. And right now, people are asking questions about whether Saudi Arabia might use different currencies for oil payments. Okay, so like there's some chatter happening about maybe wanting to puncture some of this U.S. exorbitant privilege. Could that actually happen? Anything's possible a few decades away. But for now, most economists think no. And they bring up two main arguments. First, the U.S. dollar is better than the alternatives. It's open. It's easy to exchange, unlike in, say, China. And there are a lot of safe investment opportunities that you can buy in U.S. dollars, namely U.S. Treasury bonds, which are unlikely to go into default. And second, the U.S. dollar is popular because it's popular. Like that Colombian cacao bean farmer might want to import, say, fertilizer. And that's pretty likely denominated in U.S. dollars. And let's not forget global debt. A ton of global debt outside America is in U.S. dollars, $12 trillion worth. So I guess for now, the U.S. will will continue to be exorbitantly privileged. I think so. But Adrian, what's your indicator? 
my indicator is also denominated in dollars, and it is $787 million. You may have heard about this big defamation trial that was supposed to go down this week. It involved Dominion Voting Systems suing Fox News for broadcasting false statements about Dominion around the 2020 election. Fox News said that the company had rigged voting machines in favor of Joe Biden, and a trial about that was supposed to happen this week, but the parties reached an 11th hour settlement for $787 million, which is about half of what Dominion was going for. I know that defamation cases, they're hard to win, but like Dominion had a really strong case here, right? Like there are receipts. I've seen the receipts. They had more receipts than the contestants on Love is Blind. (laughs) It's true. They had lots of documents and interviews coming out over the past few months, which showed that Fox's star hosts and their executives knew they were broadcasting false rumors about Dominion, but they did it anyway because they were worried that Trump fans would stop watching. A strong case, but it's still a long time and energy and expensive lawyers to prove it, right? And this is why, like, defamation cases in general rarely go to trial, right? They way more often get settled. And in this case, like, Dominion might have had a strong case, but if they've won at trial, Fox News could still appeal. And if they lost that case, they could appeal to the Supreme Court. And so rather than risk this kind of dragging on for months or even years— A lawyer for Dominion told NPR that, you know what, they just decided, let's take the money now. Some proverb about uh, $800 million today is better than uh, $1.6 billion in the bush uh, a couple of years (laughs) from now. Yeah, classic. Classic Confucian proverb about present value. Exactly. And, you know, from Fox News' point of view, settling obviously made sense too, right? Because they can avoid having their hosts and their executives put on the stand and having all their dirty laundry kind of aired out in public. And the company, meanwhile, has $4 billion in cash on hand so they can easily pay the settlement. And on top of all that, there's a news organization called Lever, which reports that Fox Corp might even be able to claim $200 million in tax savings because U.S. tax law sometimes allows businesses to deduct settlements as part of a cost of doing business. Okay. Bit of tax law I didn't know about. Side note here, Fox News is not done with the defamation suits, actually. It is currently in the early stages of another lawsuit from another voting technology company called Smartmatic, which is looking for $2.7 billion. All right. Another business expense coming up potentially. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Guo, what is your indicator of the week? Okay. My indicator of the week is another huge amount of money. It is $100 million. That is what the infamous crypto company FTX was said to be offering Taylor Swift for a sponsorship deal last year. This deal, it never went through. And, you know, a couple months later, as you all know, FTX collapsed in this blaze of mismanagement and alleged fraud. Yeah, we could not look away. And the offer was in dollars, right? It wasn't $100 million you know, dollars. It Badonka was cold coins. hard. <laughs> it was cold hard cash. I'm sure Taylor Swift feels a lot more smug than, say, uh, Larry David, who appeared on an ad. <laughs> right? Like, we finally know what that song, I Knew You Were Trouble, was all about. <laughs> yeah, it's all about FDX and Sam Beckman Free. <laughs> okay, and so why, why is this in the news now? Well, even though Taylor Swift never worked with FTX, a lot of other celebrities did. There were some really big names doing commercials, like Giselle Bündchen and that football guy she used to be married to. FTX is the safest (laughs) and easiest way to buy and sell crypto. Larry David. And I'm never wrong about this stuff. Never. Shaquille O'Neal. I'm all in. Are you? And now there is this huge lawsuit against all of these celebrities. 
The accusation is that these celebrities were illegally promoting unregistered securities. And so a security is basically any type of investment opportunity like stocks, bonds, mutual funds. And there are these really strict laws about how you're allowed to promote securities. Like you have to register them, you have to make disclosures, all this consumer protection stuff. But these celebrities, they were promoting crypto, but it's, it's not clear like whether crypto is a security, right? That's still a little hazy. Right, right. It's a very controversial issue, uh, whether things like cryptocurrency or these crypto investment accounts, whether they qualify as securities. And the answer is that it depends. But at the very least, if a company is paying you to promote crypto stuff, you should be asking these questions. And so the news this week is that Taylor Swift did ask the question. Can I ask you a question? According to one of the lawyers on this case, during her negotiations with FTX, she asked them, are you guys selling like unregistered securities? It was such a smart question, and that might be one of the reasons she never did the deal, and it's certainly why she's not being sued right now for promoting FTX. I guess the other celebrities regret not following the advice of Taylor's song, and they should have said no. You should have said no. The show was produced by Brittany Cronin with engineering from Catherine Silver. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Viet Le is our senior producer. Kate Cannon edits the show. And The Indicator is a production of NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Humana. Your employees are more than your co-workers. They're the heartbeat of your business. That's why Humana offers modern group benefits designed to protect employees and their families with dental, vision, life, and disability coverage. Humana knows every employee and every business is unique. That's why they listen to your needs and build plans with you and your team in mind. That's the power of human care. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news. Some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning wherever you get your podcasts.